Possum Podcast. Toot toot. How you feeling tonight, Mr. Possum? Well, Big House, I'm telling it true. I'm feeling a little antsy. A little stir-crazy. Oh, really? Feeling cooped up? Yeah, I'm like a chili that's sitting on the stove feeling crazy because it ain't been stirred. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, you got to stir it. But in my case, you got to let me travel. You know, I just ain't been able to travel around the world like I'm used to. Right, right. Well, you are, yeah, you are a bit of a jet setter. You're a bit of a, uh... I'm a rolling, rambling rock. Well, you know what might make us feel a little better, Mr. Possum? Exercise? Oh, no. No, no, no. Absolutely not. I think we should get out our passports and look at some of the places we've traveled across the world and reminisce about them. Oh. Maybe that'll make us feel better. Like, we're, we're almost taking a virtual vacation in our minds. Oh, I love a mind vacation. Big Al, you're such a sweetie. Yeah, I like that idea. So tonight on the show, Possum and I are going to travel around the world and see some of the great sights this big old wet rock has to offer. Yes, sir. It's going to be a trip. Yeah, they're called passports, Mr. Possum. Big Hal, what's that one say? Oh, that stamp right there, Mr. Possum? That's from a trip I took to Dublin, Ireland. Ah, Dublin. Dublin, Ireland. Population 1.2 million, which is up from the 60K they had in about 1950. And that's why, in my opinion, they call it Dublin. (laughs) Toot toot. Oh, toot toot toot. Yes, I see what you did there. Dublin, the population... Mm. They doubled they it. Du- yeah. They named it. They named it that because they, because uh, it's because du- it's Dublin. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Toot toot. Toot toot. Yeah. What's there to do in Dublin? Well, it's a beautiful historic city with a thriving art scene, but I think if you go there, you got to do one thing for sure, Mister Possum. You got to go to the Guinness storehouse and drink a fresh Guinness right out of the tap. They really know how to pour it over there. Well, can't you get Guinness over here? Yeah, but it's not the same. Over here, they don't get the temperature or the head ratio quite right, nor do they garnish it with the traditional orange slice and sprig of rosemary. Ooh, sprigs. It comes to your booth on a wooden tray strapped to the back of a sheep, and a local boy plays a frame drum while you drink it. And instead of a cash register, they have a pot of gold, Mr. Possum. Pot of gold? Yep. Okay, Big Hal, this is starting to sound a little bit far-fetched. Mm-hmm. Have you been to Ireland? Tell me true. Yeah, look right there in my passport. Says, uh, says, um... This is a stamp from O'Reilly's Auto Parts, buddy. Okay, well, I guess they were out of the official stamps, but, uh... Yeah, I guess they were. I definitely, um, have a very hazy memory of sitting in a, uh, in a pub in Ireland and paying a leprechaun to bring me a perfectly poured Guinness. You know what I think, Big Al? I think you fell asleep at O'Reilly's Auto Parts 
fell asleep in the waiting room right there, and you had an elaborate Irish dream. Well, you know, Ireland is a magical place, and I like to think maybe they can reach you in your dreams as well. Yeah, so you think there's like an O'Reilly's Freddy that sits around and waits for you to fall asleep, and then if you do, he gives you Irish dreams? I, I love that idea, and uh, all evidence points to, to yes on that one. I'm Freddy O'Kruger. If you fall asleep in O'Reilly's, I'll give you an Irish dream. <laughs> Mr. Possum, what's the next destination you'd like to take us back to? Well, you see this this little sticker right here, this little stamp right here in my traveling book? It uh, says yeah. Egypt. It says Egypt, because I went to Egypt. Wow, you went to Egypt. Well, I'd heard so many fanciful tales of old Egypt, and I really wanted to see it, you know. I wanted to see the pyramids. I wanted to see the sand. And I wanted to see them camels, Big Hell. Uh-huh. Now, I really wondered, how dry is a camel's mouth? So I had to travel to Egypt to touch a camel mouth to see if my hand would stick to it. Uh-huh. Stick to the old tongue, you know, like a cold pole. You stick your tongue on it. Now, Mr. Possum, so if, if I'm imagining the scenario exactly, uh, what I'm what I'm picturing right now is you're standing uh, at a vantage point where you can see, say, all of the three great big pyramids, the great pyramids, whatever they're called, right? Yeah. And you're standing there, and everyone's looking at those and taking pictures, and you're uh, asking the guy with the camel, if you can touch the camel's mouth, because you yes, actually sir. just want to, you just traveled that far to find out how dry a camel's mouth is. Yeah, I figured a camel's mouth's got to be so dry that the tongue right. would stick to your hand and never let go, like a really, really strong adhesive. Right. But and the so big... the feller let me touch the camel's mouth, and actually, you know what? It's not that dry. Yeah. Well, it is. Yeah, it's just a nor- It's just normal animal in a perfectly livable part of the world. So, uh, but, uh, but, but. Did you have any thoughts about the pyramids that were there, Mr. Possum? Yeah, I finally made my way over to the pyramids there, and I learned so much interesting stuff. Did you know, Big Hal, Mm -hmm. that Egyptian pharaohs of old had their cats buried with them in that big old pointy tomb? I have heard that, yes, Mr. Possum. And it kind of made me think, you know, I do a lot of griping about how human beings don't really like me that much and they kick me and try to hit me with brooms and stuff and how much that stinks. Sure. But a good thing about being a pariah to the human world is that no human loves me enough to drag me into its grave. <laughs> and I think that's good. Yeah, I suppose that's a, that's a real silver lining to the rest of it. Yes. If people hate you, they're not going to be like, I'm dying. You got to come down here with me and be dying with me. Right. Forever. I don't know. You might be surprised at how cush some of the uh, uh, furnishings of those pyramids are. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I don't know if they killed the cats before they put them in the pyramid or if they just let them run around in the in the pyramid. And, you know, maybe they stuck a litter box and, and one of those self-refilling food bowls in there for them. That, that'd be cool. If you were as a cat living in Egypt and living a real rough, dry life, and they were like, hey, good news, bad news. Bad news is you're going to get buried in this tomb with this pharaoh. Yeah. Good news is you're going to have a time until you die in there because there's all sorts of stuff. You got a scratching pole. You got a self-cleaning litter box. You got all the stuff that a kitty cat could want. 
Yeah, a lot, and there's probably lots of gold and statues around and some of those dangling tassel things they can play with. I mean, if you're a cat being sent to that old pyramid, it's almost like you're in heaven. You know, you're surrounded by a bunch of rich celebrities. You can do what you want, mm-hmm. and then you just kind of ignore all the other stuff that stinks. Right, and you, ne- and you never see the sun again, I guess. Well, I think there's a part where the sun comes in through a little hole and it probably, like, lights up a map for treasure or something. The cat's just chasing that little uh, sun indicator <laughs> around the room for a long time. Yeah, it's the first laser pointer. So, like, 5,000 years later, a guy comes in and he props up his little medallion on a stick and sticks it into the ground there, and he's he's at the exact right time of day, and... It shines right through the medallion and it goes over to that little map of the city, but the city's been absolutely destroyed by the cat playing with it for a hundred years. Yeah. Tonight on Big Howlin' Possum, we are taking a trip down memory lane around the world. A trip down memory lane around the world. So that's a long memory lane. Yeah, well, first you got to get to the lane, then you travel. I guess that's pretty impressive, though. Our me- our memory lane stretches all the way around the globe. It's basically the equ- the equator. Right, I'm a citizen of the world, and mm-hmm. my lane is the equator. <laughs> wow, we're just racking up new catchphrases for you. I'm a citizen of the world, and my lane is the equator. <laughs> I can see that in big, bold impact letters on a on a shirt with your face on it, I gotta say. Big Hal, take us on another trip. All right, next page of my passport. Let's go to Rome. Ah, Roma. Rome is the capital of Italy, I think. And it used to be the capital of much of the world. That's why the Pope is there. Why is it no longer the capital of the world? Well, I guess everybody got tired of wearing those big mitered hats, Mr. Possum. And I can't blame them. One of the least practical hats. Imagine riding a horse through the woods with a three-foot-tall hat on. Oh, you'd have to keep on stopping. Yeah, I'd keep getting knocked off. So now the only people that wear those big mitered hats live in Rome. And there's no trees. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Right. It's definitely urban wear. It's not something the real folks out there in the country can wear. You think the Pope keeps stuff in that tall hat? Do you think he's got, like, provisions? Oh, he's got to, Mr. Possum, wouldn't you? If you had that much space just free to you, it'd be silly to not keep, you know, a granola bar and a couple DVDs in there. I think you want to take advantage of that tallness. You know, maybe you put a, a long sub sandwich in there. A really nice meatball sub. I think, I think I'd be willing to bet whatever paltry money I've got that there's a local deli next to where the Pope lives, and every morning they have an order that says, Pope Hoagie. Now, most of the time, Mr. Possum, uh, the Pope doesn't actually eat the meatball sub, because most of the time, the Pope is not in an emergency snack scenario. You know, he's, uh, he's, living, his, he's living out his papal duties. He's having regular meals and stuff. The, the meatball sub is really only for emergencies. So I guess a lot of s- subs get wasted. They have a special fire that they, that they make at the end of the day, and they burn the sub if it hasn't been used. 
I imagine if you see the smoke from that burnt sub, you think, well, it's been a good day. The Pope didn't have to get into his emergency hoagie. Let's hope tomorrow is as good as today was. And that's life in Rome. <laughs> Mr. Possum, what's the next passport destination you want to take us to? Oh, I have such fond memories of Mozambique. You've been to Mozambique? Yes, I wow. went there on a, on a safari of sorts. What I was doing was I was I was going down to sh- kind of shadow a safari animal, kind of see what his day of work is like, kind of see if I might like to do it someday. Uh-huh. Just kind of testing it out, and that's the best way to do it. And and what animal did you shadow on the... A, a puma. I've got a buddy who's a puma lives down there in Mozambique. You have a buddy who's a puma in Mozambique. Yeah, so he let me come down there and kind of follow him around for the day. And if I Google Pumas, I'll, I'll find that they're definitely Pumas in in Mozambique. That's correct. Oh, oh, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't go and do that. But no, continue with your story. Anyway, I'm down there in Mozambique, and I started thinking, this might not be a bad life, because I'm seeing a lot of humans in this truck, and, buddy, they're looking at lions and tigers all day, and they're nervous, because these are dangerous animals. They got pointy teeth. They got big jaws. They got muscles. They're predators. Yeah. They're scared. And I figured if I lived down here amongst all these animals, a human would see me and go, whew, shoo-wee, it's just a possum. I guess I'll relax. Okay, well, you're only taking into account the people riding by in the little golf carts and stuff. Yeah. You're not really thinking about how much time you would spend running from, say, a pride of lions. Well, they would be my co-workers at the safari. I don't think they would hunt me. I think that I kind of show up and I say, I'm new here. And they're like, new guy, you know, new guy's here. Okay. Probably well, be a lot of new guy guff, but I don't think they would hunt me. Well, they, they absolutely would hunt you. That's the only thing they do. Hmm. You sure? I mean, because I feel like that would be workplace harassment if they hunted. You'd be running all the time. Hyenas would be coming for you. Lions, tigers. I don't think they have bears. The things I do for love, I tell you. Take us on another trip, Big Al. Uh, Listen to that wind. Oh, my passport has fluttered open to the page stamped Morocco. Ah. Now, Possum, I went to Morocco because I was so intrigued by the Bing Crosby song, Road to Morocco. It's got lyrics like this. It describes Morocco thusly. I hear this country's where they do the dance of the seven veils. We'd tell you more, but we'd have the censor on our tails. Ooh. 
Sounds a little exciting, a little titillating, doesn't it? Yes, it does. And then the men eat fire, sleep on nails, and saw their wives in half. Now that uh, that that stinks for everybody. That sounds bad, but uh, I, I still kind of wanted to see it. So I checked it out, and I didn't see any of that stuff. It was pretty much just a normal place. But I do think Morocco used to be some kind of publishing hub or something, because they keep doing this same joke in the song. They keep saying, uh, "Like Webster's Dictionary, we're Morocco bound." Do you get it? Uh, oh, sure. Okay. Uh-huh. Morocco bound, Webster's Dictionary, or like a complete set of Shakespeare were Morocco bound. Now, I think the joke gets kind of old around the third time they, they say it again. Well, it's clear to me that you don't understand joke law. I'm sorry? Joke law. Yes, joke law says you got to do stuff three times and that makes it funny. That's joke law. That's the rule of jokes. The rule of jokes is you got to do them three times. Everything you do, you got to do it three times, and then it's funny. Okay. If I was to throw a pie at your face, nobody would laugh. If I threw it a second time, they wouldn't laugh. The third time I throw a pie, they'd laugh. Because the third one had a scorpion in it. Okay, but the scorpion only happened the third time in in your description. So the scorpion happened once. Yeah, but the pie was three times. And the third time, you got to do something funny like a scorpion in the pie. (laughs) Oh, here's my sticker that I got from Graceland. I'll never forget that trip. Boy, oh boy. Graceland in Memphis, Tennessee, home of Elvis Presley. I got to thinking, I was looking around at all these people, and they came to visit Elvis's house, and they were just in throngs, you know, just looking at all of his stuff and saying, oh, this is neat. Oh, look at this. That's an old banana peel. That's what he used to make his sandwiches out of. Oh, that's neat. I like that. And I thought, man, it'd be cool if people came over to look at all my stuff. And visited me, you know. Mm-hmm. But Elvis has got it right, because only if I'm dead do I want to have a bunch of people over. I don't want to have a bunch of people over when I'm alive. That's a hassle. Elvis got it right. He threw a party when he was gone. He ain't got to make sandwich trays. He don't have to flush all the toilets and, you know, clean up the place and stuff like that. Sure. Possum, I think it's very uh, interesting that everywhere you go... You sort of turn it into a thing about yourself. Well, that's what people do when they travel. No, no, no. A lot of us, we travel to different places and we we think about how insignificant we are and we look at the size of stuff and we look at the history of stuff and we think about how we're just a tiny little part of the whole world. And you go places and you think like, oh, hey, I could be on this safari or, oh, hey, I could be in this pyramid or, hey, I could be Elvis Presley. Like, that's... I'm just saying it's interesting, Mr. Possum. There is a pattern there, but, you know, the thing is, when I'm at home and I'm not traveling, I am constantly reminded of how small I am and I'm constantly learning about other people's history. Blah, blah, blah. When I travel, I like to make it about me. Right. Yeah, I mean, you're right about the pattern, but it don't change the way I think. I would never try to change the way you think, Mr. Possum. It would be like uh, it would be like drawing over a Picasso painting. Yeah, but you're right about that. 
but I have done that exact thing before. I have drawn over a Picasso painting. What? You drew over a Picasso? Yeah, I was fixing it. It looked wonky, so I was fixing the wonky angles. What's next, Big Al? The next destination I'd like to talk about is Paris. Ah, Paris. Ah, Paris. Yes. <laughs> ah, Paris. Zutelaire. Ooh, Paris. Ah, Paris. I love Paris, Mr. Possum. Uh, gay Paris, they call it. Because everyone is very happy. Smiles and waves all around. I love to stop at a corner cafe and have a French roast coffee and a croque-monsieur. Uh, what now? A croque-monsieur. What's a croque-monsieur? It's like a grilled cheese sandwich, but kind of wet. Mm, mm-mm. Or you can get a croque-madame. Croque-madame. Oh, come on, Big Al. Croque-madame sounds like some ritual a Klingon teenager gotta do. Well, maybe Klingon teenagers uh, go to Paris. As, as part of their ritual and have a, and have a croque madame. I've been to France, too. Uh-huh. I went over there and did a hot dog dance. I lived in extravagance. Yeah. I tried on some new pants <laughs> in okay. France. Actually, I went there to visit the Louvre. Le Louvre, they call it. Yeah, they do famously call it Le Louvre. Le Louvre. I went there to steal the Mona Lisa, Big Al. It was Whoa. a big mission. Yeah. Again, I have to say you are one of the most irresponsible travelers I have come across. Stealing the stealing the most famous painting of all time. Yes, that was the mission, but uh, to be honest, I couldn't bring myself to do it. I could have. I definitely could have. But once I found the Mona Lisa, I fell in love with her mischievous smile, her mysterious gaze. And I couldn't steal it. Wow. Mr. Possum, that's amazing. I, you actually had an experience bigger than yourself at the Louvre. Even you. Well. That's incredible. You were so moved by the face of the Mona Lisa that you uh, put aside your selfish wants. Yeah, I just saw Mona Lisa standing there in that pink dress looking so happy sitting there in that little canoe, and I just thought, you know what? I'm not stealing this. This is good where it is. Um, the, Mo- the Mona Lisa. Yes, the famously happy Mona Lisa sitting there in her little boat. Well, that's, that's not the Mona Lisa, what you've just described. I don't, know what, I don't know what painting that is. It's not famous enough for me to even know what it is. Uh, the Mona Lisa is just a, 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 is a, a woman sitting in front of kind of a a, a dreary landscape in a brown dress. Oh, sitting there all sour. I, I would have stole that if I saw it.
Big Hal, will you tell me more of your travels? Oh, sure. I've got a great destination uh, right here open in my, uh, in my passport here. The Rock of Gibraltar. Oh. The Rock of Gibraltar is an enormous monolithic mountain of limestone that juts out into the Mediterranean Sea off the coast of Spain. Its prominence and position means that it has been the setting for many naval battles of war, and it was once a Moorish stronghold in Western Europe. Now tourists flock there year-round because there's monkeys on it. Ooh, I love monkeys. Yeah, it's got a nature preserve for Barbary macaques. Barbara who? Barbary macaques. Barbary macaques? Is this a prank call, Big Hal? No, I'm not, I'm not prank calling you right now. We're sitting across from each other also, by the way. But uh, it's a type of monkey, Mr. Possum. See, that's the problem, Big Hal. See, monkeys are monkeys in my thinking. You know, I don't know why they got to divide up the monkey population with all these labels and groups. Just let them all be monkeys. Well, we don't want the monkeys to unify, Mr. Possum. We don't want them all on the same page. Next thing you know, we got a Planet of the Apes scenario. Ah, divide and conquer, I see. It's the human way. Now, what's so bad about a Planet of the Apes scenario? You mean besides the annihilation and subjugation of the human population by a bunch of darn dirty apes? Yeah, what's so bad about that? Uh, well, I don't want it to happen. That's what's bad about it. I mean, because I come out pretty good in there, you know. I mean, it ain't so good being a possum in the planet of the humans scenario, but the planet of the apes, I might have a chance. You think your stock would go up if it was planet of the apes? Couldn't hurt. It couldn't be any worse than it is now. Oh. I say give these apes a chance at the throne. That is uh, some short-sighted thinking right there. I mean, what if the apes take over and they pass a law that says, like, ape shall ride possum around, and possum shall give ape whatever ape wants. Oh, well, it sounds like I got a job now. Yeah. That, that's not tight. But the second part sounds fine. It sounds like I'm just paying monkey taxes. Okay. Can't be that bad. Yeah, but you don't pay taxes now, do you? No, I don't pay taxes. Well, I shouldn't say that on the radio. <laughs> I mean, yes, I pay my taxes now. Of course I do. I pay every penny that the government wants. Mr. Possum, looks like you've got your uh, passport open there to the last page. Yes, oh, merry old England, that's what I call it. I went to England, Big Al. Oh, yeah? Yes. I took what's called a Scrooge cruise. You ever heard of one of those? No, I've not heard of a Scrooge cruise. It's so charming. You get on this boat, and the boat goes to England. And everybody on the boat, they dress up like top hats and canes and... You know, you get to walk around the streets of England and yell at street urchins and be real grumpy and count coins. and It's it's such a good cruise. It sounds like you're having yourself a real carol over there. Oh, yes, it was worth every penny. They gave me a fake Bob Cratchit to yell at and turn off the heat on him, and I got to watch him shiver while he worked. It was just such a great experience. Yeah. And the great thing is, is they don't have the money anymore to afford them Christmas ghosts that bother you. So all you do is the tight Scrooge stuff. You do all the stuff where Scrooge was on top. You know, you ain't got to buy nobody a turkey. You just gotta walk around and be mean. 
Well, do they at least still have money for a Jacob Marley visit? Like, do you still at least have somebody come in who's weighed down with uh, chains and riches who uh, complains about the afterlife? Yeah, they got a Marley, but you ain't got to listen to him. Yeah, you can just throw scones at him and stuff. He probably doesn't like that very much because he's weighed down. Yeah, he's got so many chains on him, he can't really bat away the scones like you would if you didn't have the chains on, you know. Yeah. So he's just getting belted with dry bread. <laughs> yeah, it sounds wonderful. The Big Howl and Possum Podcast. Toot toot. <laughs>